Do the Carolina Panthers trade with the Chicago Bears just signal who the number one pick of the draft is going to be? What does DJ Moore's future look like in Chicago with Justin Fields? And is there another breakout receiver coming out of 2023 in Moore's new division? Plus, a winner of more than two dozen FFPC and KFFFS, uh, KFFSC leagues. Uh, Jay Reed joins us to talk about the secrets in order to successfully draft early, whether Jonathan Taylor has become a bargain in FFPC drafts this year and much more. We've got a great show for you. I'm Eric Falkman. Farrell Elliott is here. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Silence in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Farrelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about who the Robin is to Chris Olave's Batman in New Orleans, whether early FFPC drafters are taking Brees Hall a little too early, and then a champ of more than two dozen FFPC and KFFSC leagues, Jay Reed, is going to talk Devontae Smith. He's going to talk TJ Hawkinson and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at Hour. that's the show, at Eric Balkman, that's me, and always learn more about Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com, and they've been off and running for quite a while now, ladies and gentlemen. Check that out for more drafts for your drafting pleasure. Uh, you can follow Jay on Twitter at Packers153. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash hsffr. And you can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. We do have some emails that we're going to get to coming up later on in the program. If you do have any questions for us and you're just watching this right now for the first time, uh, send them in now. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Hey, you can win $25,000 right now in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. Just $125 to join at myffpc.com. Or if you want to get in at a little bit lower of an entry fee and still play in a big tournament, you can do that. $35 will get you entry into the FFPC Never Too Early Superflex Best Ball Tournament as well. And the grand prize there, $5,000. Now, both of these tournaments are uh, have been off and running um, for probably, I want to say, a little bit under two months right now. Uh, they're going to conclude on April 27th. So whatever drafts we have going at that point, they're cut off when the NFL draft starts. They're going to follow best ball slim rules, no kickers, no defenses, 20-round draft, 14-week regular season, and single-week elimination playoffs from weeks 15 through 17 before we crown a champion at the end of week 17. Uh, if you want to draft live, we have 30-second clocks instead of 60-second clocks per pick. If you want to draft slow, we have two hours per pick and six hours per pick. That's available myffpc.com. And while you're there, let me tell you about all the great Dynasty Orphan teams we have there right now. A lot of these um, are regular priced, but many of them are reduced priced. Now, the regular price ones are in a little bit better shape. 
or uh, you can look at the reduced price ones, which still could be in as good a shape, but the owner is definitely motivated to move. I brought this up on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show last night on the Better Sports Network with Shane Hallam was, was my guest. And I said, look, divorces happen, marriages happen, new babies happen, um, new families happen, new jobs happen, everything happens. And sometimes uh, the, the owners of these dynasty teams give up the 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 uh, their rights to these dynasty teams, and they're still very good teams. And you can get in and cash in on a pretty good team for a discounted price right now, and still be able to compete for a championship in 2023. Not a lot of places out there can you do that, but you can do that at myffpc.com. As far as the video and the stream goes tonight, remember to like this video, subscribe to the FFPC YouTube channel at FFPC Fantasy, and then of course comment on the video tonight. Share the video with all your friends and not friends, and get notified of any future um, broadcasts that we have uh, coming up. Um, we had um, a first last night, for the first time ever, the Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show not only aired on the BSN app, which is free in Google Play and the App Store, but it also aired on the FFPC YouTube channel, FFPC Twitter, and FFPC Facebook, all those as well. So a variety of, of ways that you can uh, get involved with the program. Shane Hallam's um, a show with me last night is available at FFPC Fantasy on YouTube. Um, two hours, a lot of Dynasty stuff there. So if you're a Dynasty player, highly encourage you to check that out as Shane Hallam is an expert in Dynasty fantasy football. Want to bring in expert number one, ladies and gentlemen. You follow him on Twitter at KFFSC Official. You check out the KFFSC, uh, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. It is the incomparable Farrell Elliott. Farrell, welcome back, man. I missed you so much. Oh, buddy, it's been a long time. I have missed you, too. It's been two weeks of missing them. And then we tried doing one when I was on the road, and we had just a poor connection. So, yeah, I'm ready to talk football with you. And you've done first-ever things over on the Better Sports Network. I'm damn glad we've got Jay Reed tonight to kind of pick this show up. That's what we need over here. Yes, we do. And and before I forget, Farrell, uh, two weeks ago, Dave Terpoli uh, stood in for you, co-hosted the show. We mm -hmm. Our guest was Charlie McGuire our mutual friend, and he told me to wish you uh, a hello because he missed you on the podcast. Oh, uh, but he, he definitely did a great job, and and it would have been great to have you on. Uh, but we'll have Charlie on, I'm sure, at again. Uh, Please. Another time. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, he's ready right now, and we are um, in the rare situation to have a Friday news dump, a massive Friday news dump that affects Dynasty Leagues, Redraft Leagues, in the form of a trade for the number one pick in the NFL draft. And Farrell and I can't handle it by ourselves. So we brought in the big guns, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You've seen him on these airwaves before. He's a winner of, I, and again, I'm pretty conservative when I say this, more than two dozen FFPC oh, yeah. and Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Leagues, ranging from main events all the way up to, to big payback, so on and so forth. He's done it at every level. You follow him on Twitter at Packers 153. Please welcome back to the show, Mr. Jay Reed. Jay, welcome in, man. Happy Friday to you, dude. Hey, Balky. How you doing? Back, back back, to the beard, I see. Yes, back to the beard. Um, I Somebody asked me about this the other day, and I said, and I think I said this last year, I think, eh, I think by Kentucky it's probably going to be shaved again, but we'll see. We'll see how hot and itchy it gets throughout the summer. You know, the great thing about living in Wisconsin, Jay, is like, we have a 10 month winter up here. So this is, it's always protecting my face from all the biting winds. we got all this heavy snow today. It's crazy. So eventually it, we're going to hit 50 degrees. And then at that point I may shave it off. I may not. We'll see what happens. So you, so you hibernate in Wisconsin in the winter and clean up uh, for Kentucky in August. Yes. Right? 
It's like Kentucky. Like I'm, I'm telling you, man. Work. Like Kentucky is such great weather. In fact, Farrell, I, I may just move down to Louisville one of these years because I love it every time I come down there. And then I get to Vegas in late, you know, er, in early September, beg your pardon. And I'm just just sweating buckets. I can't get used to that dry that that heat out there. It is so so uh, like and that, and that's why I'm like I'm either working the entire time or like we did like 11 hours of Better Sports Network radio out there. Or I'm at video poker. Like if I go outside, I'm like, the hell with this. I got to get back inside and, and talk fantasy football with somebody. You come to the planet Hollywood, and you do not leave the planet, Balky. You stay That's on right. the there planet and enjoy everything that there is that there is to have there. Jay Reed will stay on the planet because Jay Reed never leaves the draft room. That's no, one that's, thing you can count on. Where's Jay? Well, he's in the draft he's room. I'm in the draft in the room. the hallway yeah. outside the draft room. Those are the two places that he's in in Vegas. He doesn't How even are know you, where Farrell? the room is. He doesn't How are know. you, Farrell? I haven't seen you in a month since Super Sunday. But Super Sunday was fantastic, and your drafting was uh, similar. Uh, it was it was great to have you down here, and you and Scott Connor had a really wonderful run. And We yeah, did. We, we did. We missed you. And it's it's it. Uh, yeah, I hate to have to wait to August to see you in person again, but we will get you back down here. Yeah, looking forward to it, Farrell. You know, Jay had some interesting picks because I know Jay, you and you were in a draft that I was in for the Super Sunday um, when I was drafting online, um, and you had some picks in that draft. You and Scott did that. I want to touch on that coming up uh, later on in the show. But before we get to that, guys, we have to talk about the elephant in the room right now. We had a massive trade go down. Um, I want to say, God, roughly six hours ago, maybe five hours ago, uh, Ian Rappaport have report. Uh, Ian Rappaport has reported that the Carolina Panthers are now the owners of the number one pick in the NFL draft in exchange for DJ Moore, the number nine overall pick, a 2023 second rounder, a 2024 first rounder, and a 2025 second rounder. All right, so let's talk about this. Farrell, I'm going to throw it to you first. Frank Reich never could figure out quarterback in Indianapolis. Went through Phillip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Now he's in Carolina, and he gets to pick his quarterback, right? Now, yeah. a lot of people had Bryce Young um, as the de facto favorite to be chosen first in the draft. That has shifted. I look at the DraftKings odds within the last two hours. C.J. Stroud is now minus 160 to be the first overall pick. Bryce Young has slipped to plus 150. Um, Anthony Richardson still obviously in play after his big workout. Um, in in uh, Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. Uh, you look at this for Carolina. Yeah, they don't have more anymore. We'll, we'll talk about Terrace Marshall and, and Tommy Tremble and some of these other guys in Carolina. Farrell, but is, is it Stroud now? Is that what we're thinking? Are we thinking that Stroud is now going to be the new quarterback for the Carolina Panthers? It's desperation is now what we're thinking. You want to talk wow. about the head coach. I want to talk about the general manager. This, he, You know, Scott Fritter, he needs to deliver something. So he's going to deliver – with the first pick in the draft, obviously he trusts what he sees at the combine, what the scouts are getting back to. I don't know which one of these guys he's going to pick. And he hasn't been particularly successful with picking quarterbacks in the uh, free agency or in the draft. And there's a lot of capital that's been spent at the position. Now you give up your best receiver and you try to build a future around a promising rookie quarterback. Um, we'll see if it works. Uh, rookie coach, rookie quarterback, desperate general manager, not a winning uh, and, and and dispatching your two best offensive players, one at midseason last year, and now uh, DJ Moore. One, Jay Reed said he came to the draft a couple of years ago with the goal was to get all the Moors, and uh, now now the most impressive Moore is in Chicago. So I'm uh, 
I'm uncertain uh, which player it will be, and that player will have a heavy burden to carry on his back when he gets there. So, we, Jay, when we look at this Carolina depth chart, I kind of teased it a little bit. There's no DJ Moore there anymore. You're looking at guys like um, LaVisca Chenault and Richard uh, uh, Higgins, Terrace Marshall. Any of those guys uh, look tempting to you? It, you know, I know a lot of people are drafting best ball teams right now, but you look at those guys are probably going to be catching balls, you would think, from a rookie quarterback this season. Is there any love for Marshall, Chenault, or anybody else on your end here? Not much, Balky. I think these guys are going to drop now, uh, especially with this with this trade uh, with DJ. I mean, DJ opened it up for a lot of those guys, too, mm -hmm. uh, during the game. And he's not there anymore. So someone's going to have to step up there. And I'm not quite sure who it is. I mean, for me, when it comes to fantasy football, I mean, these guys are going to drop like a rock for me. Maybe, you know, some fillers, add some depth uh, later in the draft and the later rounds. But I'm not, I would not be talking in, targeting any receivers uh for the for the Panthers right now, you know, unless yeah. they unless they unless they draft, you know, a a a, a good rookie wide receiver, you know, someone maybe mm -hmm. like Jordan Addison out of USC, you know, if they can they can grab him, uh, you know, that's something, you know, maybe in a in a, in a mid round situation you may uh, want to go for, but other than that, I'm I'm off of those receivers from Carolina. We'll also look Jay for the for them to acquire cleverly placed. Uh, acquisition of free agent wide receivers, maybe even somebody like a, an Adam Thielen, just a, just a oh yeah, mm -hmm. one guys, of my favorite players too. The guys that you can get at a bargain to come in here and help a young quarterback because they're not on this roster, but that's where that's where Federer can can show that he's got a master plan here is to put together um, uh, a, a group. Of, rec of receivers that can transition over the first couple of years and help a young quarterback get started. So there's, there's hope here. And we we're just beginning to see he did, he gave away a lot of draft capital. So he's got to look <laughs> really, really smart in free agency. So let's see what happens. Jay, um, let, let's pose this to you. Uh, so DJ Moore, obviously the, the biggest human piece of this trade, obviously, well, really the only human piece of the trade uh, Moore uh, goes to Chicago now. So the Bears now will have not only DJ Moore, but Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, and then Cole Komet, who I think is going to have a pretty successful season as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's looking pretty good for Justin Fields here. DJ Moore is under uh, contract now uh, through the next three seasons in Chicago, and he gets his best quarterback that he's ever had uh, mm -hmm. in his career now in, in Chicago. Jay, before this trade, he was going at the 502 um, at wide receiver 21. I got to believe he's going to move up in the FFPC, never too early draft. And by the way, that ADP is courtesy of Darren Armani, fantasymojo.com, right. at fantasymojo on Twitter. We love him. Uh, anytime, he's the godfather of the pros versus Joes. Anytime we cite ADP, it's always coming from him. So, Jay, you look at DJ Moore here, wide receiver 21 at the 502. At that point in FFPC drafts, you probably want to be in business with him. How high up does he have to go before you're like, you know what? I'm out on him. You talk about DJ Moore moving up and exactly. also, uh, yeah, Justin Fields as well. I mean, uh, Fields now has a number one uh, target, number one uh, wide receiver on his team. Um, I know he tends to tuck the ball and run it a lot. Uh, he did that last year, maybe less this year with DJ Moore, but also DJ Moore is going to open up lanes too uh, for Justin Fields uh, to maybe run even when, when he has to, he'll have the lanes to do it because he's going to open up 
uh, the secondary. And I think it'll make all those other wide receivers you mentioned uh, better as well. I, I, DJ is going to move up uh, without a doubt. I think Justin Fields, for me, um, before this trade, I, you know, I was going to wait on him. I would like have a Burrow or a Herbert uh, before I even think about Justin Fields. But now I don't think you can pass up Fields uh, with this blockbuster trade. I mean, all the, I, it, it helps tremendously. He's got all the pieces now. Uh, for, I think he's got the major piece now for him to succeed in this offense. Um, Farrell, let me ask you this. Um, and I think I know how you're going to answer, but I want to ask you anyway, who won the trade, which GM won this trade? Uh, and, and I think you're going to say Chicago because, you know, you think about this too, the bears already had a ton of cap, um, uh, money to spend this year. Right. And they already had a really good solid cash of, of draft capital to give up to, to, to make a move like this. And now the recipient of more draft capital too, man, you got to be loving Ryan Pohl's life right now with all the ammo he has. Yeah, yeah, he is the toast of Rush Street tonight. It, it, he's he comes out of this uh, looking like a treasure bounty of, of draft picks, and that's what he's got. And he can prove as he grows into this job what he does with those draft picks and what he does with those salary cap to elevate this team. Now, in, in the case of Mister Fields, you you've got to love what he brings to the game. Uh, it, it's still about his feet. With DJ Moore, I think you've got to remember what you're dealing with uh, when we're in playoff season with the wind and the rain and, and what you have in Chicago there. Those are all lesser uh, concerns. Uh, when you're drafting players, you want you want to get a very talented player, but there are some things that, that you know, December football in Chicago can sometimes not be a pretty thing, and that's when Fields' uh, game becomes elevated with his mm -hmm. feet. But, yeah, this is all a great uh, – yeah. Wonderful. Good day, good day to be a Bears fan uh, yes. for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so Farrell, let me let me keep this with you here. I, and I noticed this as as Buck Reesing on Twitter uh, told us today that the Titans have released their center Ben Jones out of Georgia, mm -hmm. who I remember when he was drafted. I'm like, man, that guy's going to be a good pro, and he was. I mean, he's been there for forever. Uh, he was re-signed to a new two-year deal this offseason, but now uh, in his age 34 season, he's going to be playing with 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 someone else. He was a pro bowler last year. Um, it's $3.7 million savings in cap space. But I look at the drumbeat, and maybe I missed somebody else too, but I know Taylor Lewan, one of the tackles for Tennessee, is no longer there as well. I know that there have been reports that I think it's Rand Carthon, right, the new GM in, in Tennessee, has been shopping Derrick Henry. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but there's been reports that he is. He's going at the 208 in the FFPC Never Too Early Tournament. Farrell, losing two offensive linemen plus your new GM might be shopping you. I don't want to be in business with him in the mid to late second round. Your thoughts on Derrick Henry this year? Oh, let's let him drop and take him in the early part of the third round. Matter of fact, Jay, I got on the clock today. My first <laughs> pick in the FFPC today, the number three pick in the never too early. And I took Austin Eckler and, and just, yeah, just let Derrick Henry go ahead and drop to me. I'll be very glad to take him. Mm -hmm. Rand Carthon's a young man that I admire a lot. He only got to play nine or 10 games in his shortened, truncated NFL career. His father, and uh, both of you guys will remember this, but Jay, being an Eagles fan, will remember it even more. His father, Maurice Carthon, was a seven, eight-year NFL vet, uh, vet with the Giants, two Super Bowls out of Arkansas State. Uh, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but that was my first year's career as an agent, and I recruited him. And uh, he didn't sign with me, but he was a good friend throughout uh, both of our careers. And, and uh, Maurice is a 
raised a fine young man and ran and, and, you know, he's 41 years old. He was raised largely um, in the 49ers way of doing business. But I would, I would caution Rand that uh, one, one of the things that you, you must be, you know, you've got to be able to, to stand prosperity and he's in a situation that's very prosperous with this offensive lineman. I, I, with, with this running back, it doesn't matter what kind of offensive lineman you have at the Tennessee Titans. As long as they can just get in the way, that's good enough. Run blocking is all about attitude. That's the easy part of the game. When you got Derrick Henry behind you, and Derrick Henry, even at 29 years old, has not shown me that he's slowing down any. There's nothing in his game that makes me think that he's not going to be as good next year as as, as he was mm-hmm. at previous times in his career. So I'm looking forward. From a fantasy football perspective, you can think of the cushy places that Derrick Henry could go and play. Wouldn't it look beautiful if he were to line up in the backfield of Miami? Or how great would it be to uh, maybe Jay can think of somewhere, but uh, uh, how great would it be to see him in an offense that that is clicking on with a, with a quarterback that can throw the ball down the field? and where there might be an opening at the running back position. So I I think that uh, with Derrick Henry, uh, you should draft him and draft him aggressively. Don't turn away from him while everybody else is running from him. Jump into that situation. And uh, I, I tell you, I would hate to be Coach Vrabel, and, I, I would, and, and, and to watch some of the elements of the team that's slipping away from me, I, I might – try to nip this in my bud with my new general manager and keep Mr. Henry in the house. Jay, uh, for the first time last year, I drafted Derrick Henry in the first round. I can't remember last time. I don't think I ever drafted Derrick Henry in the first round before. I don't have to draft him in the first round this year because he's not going there. I don't know how where you would target him, uh, but your thoughts on what kind of output you're expecting from Henry this season. Again, as we said, no Jones, no Lawan. I don't know if there's going to be more changes on offensive line, but this is not your older brother's Tennessee Titans anymore. It's Rand Carthon's Tennessee Titans. Yeah, look, Henry is a great talent. You know, wherever he, whatever team he stays uh, in Tennessee or whatever team he goes to, Miami was a great pick, Farrell. Uh, I think he definitely would thrive there. Uh, but such a great talent. Uh, if he drops into the second round, and, and like Farrell said, you could start with an Eckler and Henry. Geez, you're so much ahead of the field. I mean, uh, what great value, you know, at that point. So I'm not necessarily a Henry fan, but I've always looked at him in the first round. Uh, but when you start drafting and you see Henry fall in the second, mid-second, or even at the end of the second, uh, it's it's a must pick. I mean, it, it would be a great value at that point. So, and, and I, don't th- I don't think any, wherever he goes, I think his talent will rise above the situation. Uh, and I don't think he's going to fall out of the second round. And and if that's the case, if he does go at the end of the second, um, that that's a great start, obviously. But if Farrell's uh, prediction holds true, or not prediction, but if his uh, if his wish holds true, where he ends up slipping to the early third, then you could maybe start like Eckler, Mark Andrews, Derrick Henry. You can mm-hmm. go Eckler, Devontae Smith, Derrick Henry. That that's mm-hmm. it opens up a wide. I mean, it's the FFPC, it's the KFFSC. It opens up a lot of possibilities. It does, yeah, it does. obviously. Um, Jay, you alluded to this earlier. Adam Thielen, one of your favorite players? Yes, yes. Now he is a free agent. He is looking for a new home as the Vikings have released him. Tom Palacero reported this on Twitter. He's going to be 33 years old this year. He was going to earn almost $20 million in 2023. It was the highest cap hit 
of any non-quarterback on the Vikings roster. He's going to be able to go into the uh, open market. He has not hit 1,000 yards in four years when he went for 113 catches, 1,373 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns. He's only gotten 1,400 yards the last two seasons. However, he's been very good in the red zone, 25 red zone receptions. Last year, that was second best in the league, and five of those six uh, touchdown catches he had were in the red zone. I'm going to ask you about Thielen right now, Jay, um, where you're hoping he goes to and what you think he can do in 2023. I'm going to ask Farrell about K.J. Osborne in a little bit. But, Jay, your thoughts on Thielen, what he can still offer. And bear in mind right now, when he was still a Minnesota Viking, he was going as wide receiver 78 at the 1707. Jay, he's probably not going to be drafted in some never-too-early drafts. You can basically get him in the 20th round. I think you probably think there's some value there. Yeah, I love Thielen. I mean, he was, I mean, where you were, you were getting him over the years and drafting him, I liked him because he was always good between 10 and 15 points. You know, he he was steady Eddie. And then he'd have his spike games and he'd give you that. I was I was really uh, sad to see the Vikings uh, let him go. So, you know, where I like him to go and really stick it to the Vikings, I like to see him go to Green Bay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see him go to Green Bay. I mean, he'd be a great p- p- a possession receiver. Uh, you know, like a well, and not only that, Jay, but but you think you think about the the complementary skills that he has with Christian Watson, and the fact mm-hmm. that you can have two young guys in Watson and Dobbs now learning for what they couldn't learn from Devontae Adams, they could now learn from Thielen. Yeah, definitely tune into those games, uh, those two games, Green Bay, <laughs> those Green Bay games with, with and, and Vikings with the Thielen. But but uh, yeah, I mean, again, I was disappointed. He's a great possession receiver. I mean, makes unbelievable catches. Uh, I tried to not almost every team, you know, you don't want too many shares, but uh, he was certainly a target of mine over the years and last year. Uh, and he underperformed last year. I have to admit it. I think he's lost a lost a step. And I think that's why the Vikings have let him go. But he can still he's a great route runner. He's got great hands. I mean, he's some of the best hands I've seen. Uh, unbelievable catches. I, I think he would uh, be an asset uh, on a team that needs a possession receiver in that 10, 15 yard range. Uh, would be perfect. Uh, but uh, Green Bay would be interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting. And and certainly we'll see what his price ends up being at. But that anything's there's a non-zero chance of anything, like I always mm-hmm. say. Farrell, um, prior to this, K.J. Osborne was a 13th round pick in the Never Too Early tournament. We saw a little bit of a mini breakout from him last year. Now it's basically like that number two receiver, probably number three option behind T.J. Hawkinson. It's his, man. What do you think about Osborne in the 13th round? You want to be in business with him there, but he's going to rise to a point where you probably are like, okay, I'm good on him. And I'll bring this up just real quick, guys. Um, Minnesota was 12, were they 12 and one, including the postseason in games decided by a, a possession or less last year? Like they were in a lot of games, a lot of close games. They ended up winning them. I feel like that is going to regress a little bit this year. And maybe they're throwing a little bit more in the second half than they were uh, than this past year where they're trying to salt leads away with Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, so on and so forth. But Farrell, your thoughts on KJ Osborne this year? Because, man, I'll tell you what, wide receiver 62 right now, give me him all day as my wide receiver five. I might take him as my wide receiver four in some drafts too. Yeah, he is the kind of player, Bulky, that will ruin your entire fantasy season that you'll be facing when you draft him this year. He's he's a very good, hard-nosed football player, and he'll spend he'll spend late April in front of the NFL draft like all of us, seeing the wide receivers that the Minnesota Vikings pluck out of this rich college class of wide receivers. Uh, but he he's a good player, but he's he's going to break your heart. He's a spot start. 
um, a waiver. What about what about for best ball, Farrell? You're staying away from no, because Farrell. because it's it's too infrequent. And it, well, we're dealing with a 28 round best ball. Okay, if you want to sneak him in at the end, mm-hmm. but we, with what we're doing with the never two earlies and the 18 man rosters, you're going to need all 18 of them. At least I did last year. I looked at what are my successful teams. Oh. They're the 18 of them where everybody contributed and most everyone stayed healthy, a 18-player roster. And, and I don't think Osborne, and, and I appreciate him as a football player, sometimes on the show I let that I let that push me in a direction that says, okay, we can probably get some fantasy value out of him from this conversation. No. And in regards to Thielen, you know, I'll, I'll point out to you guys and, and notify Dave Turp, who will be hosting us for dinner, by the way, Balky, after losing his Robert Woods bet, that Robert Woods today signed a $15 million contract with $2 million of it guaranteed. He, too, coming off one of his worst seasons ever, and he'll be down playing for uh, the Houston Texans, and that looks like a very New England thing to do, signing a veteran receiver. Oh, yeah, Nick Casario right out of the New England playbook and, and read and and uh, raised uh, uh, there with uh, uh, with all the things that, that make New England great, starting with Belichick and uh, Scott Pioli and all those guys that, that taught him the ways to make the move. So, yes, these receivers have value. Uh, I would, uh, you know, I would I would just say if I want to take a gamble, I'll take a look at Thielen in the 18th round because, you know what, if he plays in the NFL this coming year, there'll be a game where he'll catch two touchdowns. Harold, what about you, you mentioned the Woods thing. Does does that signal the end of Brandon Cooks there, or are they unrelated? I don't know they're unrelated. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, because I, I think like, – well, like I saw the Woods thing. I'm like, okay, this is – I'm not excited about it. I mean, it's something. No. Then I'm like, oh, what about Brandon Cooks? I don't know. We'll see what happens there going forward. I know Nico Collins is going to have a role there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Farrell, speaking of receivers, Michael Thomas might be extending his contract – with the New Orleans Saints, according to New Orleans football's uh, Nick Underhill. So he agreed to a restructure this offseason, sure. and and still he, his roster spot was in danger. Now, if he's on the Saints roster on the third day of the new league year, which is coming up, I believe, at the end of next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, early or early the week after, I think, is what it is. Um, then he is uh, uh, fully guaranteed as far as the salary goes. He barely played since he had that Bafo 2019. He's 30 years old. Derek Carr is going to be there this year. We know Olave is, is excited to have Derek Carr. What about Michael Thomas's role in New Orleans? Does he stick there? And if he does, what are your thoughts on what kind of output you can expect from him this year? It's, it's a good role for him. And if he drops um, if he drops in the area where you could grab Lockett last year, I like him. He's the kind of receiver – that will respond. You remember Michael Crabtree and all the great things he did. Oh, with yeah. mm-hmm. That's this, this, is, this is the kind of work that you could get. Of course, it, if I want a, a emerging receiver uh, in that offense, I'm going to go with Rashid Shahid. Uh, because I really like this player. And I think that under with, with, with cars, accuracy and that player's ability, the athletic ability and his, you know, I thought he was much taller than six feet tall. He plays much taller than that. He's got ability to high point the ball. I really like uh, Carr coming to town with what he can do with Rashid. Jay, we have been ignoring um, you. I'm not ignoring you, but we've, we've. No, we don't. Ignore you. Here's the thing. <laughs> Listen, the viewers come. They want to know more about Jay Reed. They know you're successful. Really they know you've had a tremendous career in high stakes fantasy football. 
what I want to know, and we'll kick things off with with your interview here. Uh, how would you rate your season in 2022? Scale of one to ten, zero being bulky was the worst season I've ever had in fantasy football. Ten being bulky, I can't imagine it, it could ever be better than this. How was 2022 for you, man? I think 2022 was a seven on a scale from one to ten. Uh, FFPC, we we brought home our usual winnings enough to play again uh, with some extra winnings, but uh, we really lit it up at the at the KFFC. It was our second year there. Uh, brought home five championships, including one big payback championship. Uh, we got the feel of it the first year we went there. We you know we we kind of bombed out a little bit. Uh, but uh, uh, moving forward, I think uh, we, we, we're part of the system now. We know how uh, those guys, uh, which is a, a different gang than the FFPC draft, as some of the best of the best in the country in the KFFC. Small community, small family, love it. Daryl puts on a great, uh, great show there. But thank you, sir. But uh, yeah, I'd say uh, basically a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten, and that's on the yeah, Jay Reed scale, Farrell. And, and so that, you know, if he gets to nine out of ten, <laughs> I'll I'll spend most of the spring writing him checks. We're already <laughs> we're we're already banging out his trophies. He got to see one of them. At uh, I have a picture of him longingly fondling his trophy that he received. Uh, you know, we had to basically go over there and separate him from the trophy because we didn't think we would have it any longer. He would try to sneak out with it. So yeah, you know, you, Jay, you've been a good champion. You've been a tough player, of course. You, you know. Everybody knows the story of your first trip to Kentucky and how you were physically uh, uh, yeah, ended up in a hospital. And, you know, you, you walked in, you you know, the, the odds on you making it to Las Vegas after we sent you home from Kentucky were like 200 to one against. And there you were. And we were all so proud of you. You know, you're a great player. And, you, you yeah, we're not surprised if you get better every year. But that's a, an honest assessment. Man, if I'd had the kind of year you were having, I would basically hire someone to throw me a parade, and I would call it a 10 out of 10. So good well, I didn't want to bring it up with that excuse for the first year. When you can barely stand, you can, and people should know that are listening to the show, when you can barely stand, it's difficult to draft. When you can't see the board, it's difficult to draft. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Jay, I think you did the KFFSC a favor, right? Because if you go in um, to year one of the KFFSC and you and Scott crush it and everybody's talking about it like <laughs> the year after, like, oh, great, you know, chasing the helmet just that just dominated. Ah, oh, beginner's luck. I don't know. One of them had vertigo the whole weekend and they still <laughs> crushed. So, Thank like, I think I, out, that's the thing. It's like if you bow out, I think that's good for the contest. But, yeah, man, yeah. if you guys had your normal year and you're basically in the hospital, you can't even see straight and you guys crush it, I don't know what would happen to the KFFSC. So thank well, you for waiting till year two to crush it. <laughs> a, well, a, quick, a quick throw out to Jeff Joaquin and uh, Bednar and a couple of others, but it was real interesting in looking back on this that everyone had a different idea as to what the malady that Jay Reed was dealing with. You know, oh, everyone, really? Yeah. I dispatched Bednar and Joaquin to the drugstore, and they had they had a conflict as to what they should get. And then I told them what to get, and then somebody else chimed in. In other words, we have enough over-the-counter products to treat any issues that you would develop at the camp. And, and, and then Con and Laser and Team Shocker just use them all recreationally to get yeah, rid of yeah, the rest and, of the and, 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 you know, the, the Shocker said, well, you should have some bourbon. You know, that's what their answer was to everything. 
But, you know, the man could barely walk. And then the next night we're getting ready to draft and there he is standing there. And it was a fantastic experience. And Jay Reed, you're a soldier of many, many definitions of the words. So Not only like, that, guys, but the rumor that I had dinner with Danny Mueller the night before and that he poisoned me to reduce the competition. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, the next day, that rumor was going around, too. And poor Danny was like, I, he was fine until he had dinner with me, you know. So Danny told me that he would never do that in Kentucky, only in Vegas. So, like, that was the, that was the thing. I'm like, okay, well, Louisville, Danny's above that. Vegas, I don't know. Well, I do want to add a caveat to you guys. I said a 7 out of a 10. It would have been a 9. If not for that canceled game between the Bills and the Bengals. Oh, okay. There you go. Now, yeah. you know, it's water under the bridge. That's the risk you got to, you know, that, that you face when you play this game. Mm -hmm. But we had a ton of Bills and Bengals, and we were ready to light it up uh, in the FFPC. Okay. Um, and it it didn't happen. So, I mean, if, if they'd have played that game, I'd be sitting here. I mean, it would have been a nine. Absolutely. Seven, so, absolutely. nine, whatever you call it. It was a great year. <laughs> it was a great I'm, year. I'm, yeah. So, the, the think back to that year. Tell me tell me a guy that you really consistently hit on because I, I facilitated some of your drafts starting with the Super Bowl party. Mm -hmm. I watched your drafts. Uh, we talked about your drafts on the podcast. Uh, who was a guy that you really hit on? Not necessarily an obvious guy. And who was the one guy that kept you from having that 10 out of 10 score? Or was, um, was there? We hit on uh, Josh Jacobs. Um, yeah, there you we go. Did, we didn't, we had, we had him in several leagues and in all of those leagues, I think uh, brought us to a championship. You know, he was Fantastic. responsible for bringing us there. And I think the Raiders had started, started him in a preseason game, and it was so odd. It looked like right. they were just showcasing his skills. It was the Hall of Fame game. It was the yeah, first yeah, one. Show, yeah, first one. You know, they didn't care if he got hurt or anything. And a lot of people got off of him. We didn't. You know, hmm. I mean, we recognized the talent. I said, well, if they do trade him, you know, he's still a great back. Um, so we, uh, I'd say Josh Jacobs. I mean, he's going in, he went, he's going in the third round. I don't understand. And KFFC, um, Farrell. Yeah, uh, last I don't month. understand either, but I will. I can't sue anyone over it and their mistreatment <laughs> of the writers. I, I you know, and, and I, I that was one of the oddest conversations, you know, because we don't want to come on here and use the power of, of the high stakes fantasy football hours uh, pulpit to berate anyone for nonsensical thinking. But by damn, we got close with Josh Jacobs and we pointed out it's not a bad thing to let your running back run the ball. To let him return a kick, you know he's he's probably wanted he's probably wanted to show his teammates he could return kicks. Football is still fun for these guys, and that's when you're having it. And uh, sometimes we need to watch with our eyes and not try to overthink situations that we see on the field. Jay, um, last year's de facto 101 was Jonathan Taylor in the majority of leagues. He is going right now in the never too early FFPC tournament at 108. How do you, have you guys handle him in Kentucky? How how are you looking at him at the 108 right now in leagues? Is that a bargain for him? Well, in, in, in Kentucky, it's a little bit different drafting than the FFPC. The wide receivers are going to go early. And it's no fault of Jonathan Taylor. He wasn't going in the first round because a lot of receivers, good receivers, pushed up into the first round, which pushed him into the second round. He you talking about been, this year or last year, Jay? Uh, this year. This year. Yeah, this year. Last month's draft. I'm talking about 2023. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, who's the quarterback there? I mean, Matt Ryan, uh, you know, I, I just can't get, I just can't get behind him right now. 
Uh, I mean, if he falls, he's certainly a value. Um, but I think there's 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 other other value picks uh, uh, in that first round than him uh, me uh, me picking him at 108. You know, especially with the quality of receivers uh, that are out there. Quality receivers are what I want to talk about. You've got two receivers that I did not draft much last year. I got on Devonta Smith a little late. I never was particularly interested in drafting T. Higgins. They're going close into the second round, early FFPC drafts. I continue to prefer Smith. I think I might be missing something with Higgins. Which one do you like, Jay? That's a tough one. Um, I like to get shares of both. I mean, they're both great players. I mean, if I had to pick one, uh, I would lead Devontae Smith. Uh, and a reason for that, A.J. Brown is is obviously your long ball guy uh, in Philly. They go up and up to him long two or three times. But Devontae Smith seems to be uh, the chain mover. You know, he works the middle of the field. He works the sideline well. It looks like it's Jalen Hurts' go-to guy. And if he continues, you know, look at the Super Bowl, look at leading up to the Super Bowl, the games he played in. I mean, Devontae Smith, I mean, was tearing it up with not necessarily touchdowns, but with the catches and the yardage. And I think that's going to continue. And I think that hookup between uh, Hurts and Smith is only going to get better um, as the years move on. So, Based on that, that consistency of points. Now, T. Higgins is going to have his big games, okay? But I think consistently, you know, for fantasy football, for drafting, especially in high stakes, I think Devontae Smith would be the choice for me there. Uh, Jay, uh, I, I was uh, – and we were talking with uh, Theo Greminger on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show about a month or so ago from the GOAT District, and he said that not only is Hawkinson his number two receiver – or number two tight end, beg your pardon – uh, he thinks that Hawkinson is going to go as the number two tight end this year. And he was for a while. However, he has slipped back now to tight end three. He's going at the 303, about a half round now behind Mark Andrews. I think the Todd Monken hire in Baltimore had something to do with that. But your thoughts on Hawkinson at 303. Do you feel like FFPC drafters are drafting Hawkinson at his ceiling in the early third? Or is there um, room for improvement for Hawkinson to not only hit that draft value, but actually exceed? that draft value this season? I mean, for me, I think he's being selected at his peak right now at the, where he's going. I mean, I would not draft him there. I would rather wait a round or two. And there's other tight ends there like Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. I, I would wait and get the value there and possibly stack with Jalen Hurts, uh, which, by the way, Farrell, we pulled off in three leagues uh, last month in the KFFC. We got a lot of stacks. With, with that stack. Um so, I mean, you know, he, he had he had a good year. You know, Thielen's gone, so there's a case for that. Um, but I'd still rather, when it comes to the tight ends, uh, like to wait uh, and look for value in those, in, in not the, necessarily the middle rounds, but maybe fifth, sixth round, and grab a good serviceable tight end and uh, maybe pick some receivers or, or get that uh, quarterback there where he's going, so... I'm very thankful for Hawkinson because uh, we don't have to discuss Irv Smith anymore. So but <laughs> now, but you, you, Jay, I think you alluded to something I'd like to get to here. Let's take a you, you talked about how a running quarterback, a quarterback that can beat you with the legs. Um, and, and we know that Hertz had big first halves in passing. And then in the second half, it would be a different type of thing. And at the end of the game, great fantasy football uh, point scoring. 
I wonder if Justin Fields, now with DJ Moore, um, the, 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 the kid out of Memphis, the smaller receiver, Balky, what's his name? Uh, that has been there for a couple years, catches 70 passes every year, won't, won't score a touchdown at Chicago. And then uh, my beloved Chase Claypool. Arnold Mooney, are you talking about? Yeah, there you go. That Mooney. Guy. Okay, all right. I didn't realize he was that small. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he, he, yeah, he's small. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. He's not small like Devonta Smith. But Okay, here's my question. <laughs> what? You're ripping on Devonta? He's Devonta Smith. <laughs> yeah. Try to keep up, Balky. You've not I'm been sorry. taking any of the I... Jay Reed Red Cross kit. You should be on top of your game. Try to keep up. So, all right. So, listen. So, you got these three receivers. We've shown at Philadelphia, even with a running receiver, you can support two big fantasy scorers as well as the tight end and Goddard. Do you see that happening for Fields? And if that's the case, why don't you? You've already said you you some quarterbacks you're going to put him in front of. How high would you draft him? Would you take him in the fourth round? Would you feel good enough about stacking him? with those other guys because Claypool you can get for a steal. You're going to have to pay for more. Uh, the kid from Memphis that Balky can't remember, that neither can I, uh, that uh, – you know, 5'11", 170, so I guess he is that small. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah he's, 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 uh, he's, he's little. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, uh, so, th- yeah, that's the story. Jay, what are you going to do with Fields? Uh, yeah, I mean, you- I said that earlier. I mean, before this well, trade – say it again. I-, I had to go upstairs be- and get my be- phone charged. I think yeah. you did. I mean, before be- before this trade, I would have waited on Fields. I would have tried – you know, went for a Burrow or Herbert first. But now, because of this trade, I don't think you can pass him up in the fourth round. And he may well, what does it up- look like for those other two guys then? Who's going to be the two? Be right in the, those other two will be right in the same area. Maybe Herbert around later, but I think Burrow will be in the fourth round along with Fields. No, I'm talking about the receivers. I want to know those two Oh, the receivers? receivers? I would yeah. not stack Fields with DJ Moore because it's going to be too expensive a price to pay for okay. DJ Moore. Do you, you know, like some of the, uh, Mooney, yeah, would be a good stack. In, in, Matt, if, what about if, Cole Komet? Cole oh, no. Komet, that no. again, like I said, waiting on tight ends versus Hawkinson. Okay. You know, right. getting some value. I, I think uh, those two, Komet uh, and Mooney, would be good stacks uh, in, in some of the later rounds. But not, I would not do that. With, I would not stack with DJ. Moore. I wonder if Cole Komet can even find the end zone during warm-ups. I wonder if Errol. they're letting him even walk in. Errol. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I have to bring this up right now. So Cole Komet is tight end 13 right now. Yes. He caught zero touchdowns in 2021. Yes. But he caught seven of them last year. Yes, like, but it, it was very, very late. It was very, very difficult. It was very, very meaningless. <laughs> but not, seven not of them, though. But right. seven touchdowns. Yeah, for best right. balls, that's fair, fair enough. I stand correct. All right, I will say <laughs> I'm, this. I'm, I'm suffering. It did, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm suffering. You just can't get over that zero. Remember? The zero is bad. Know, Dave Turp tells us, you couldn't get over that zero with Sanders, and you know yeah. it, it it burned him, and so maybe it's burning me with Komet. Yeah, I, I but, will say I will say this real quick about Cole Komet. He is coming up on his fourth season in the NFL. The highest receptions he's ever had and yards he's ever had was the year he caught zero touchdowns. So there's yeah. something to be said for that. There is something to be said for that 2021 year. Six he's a very very yards. good. He's a very very good player on a team that, that's got some. Some challenges. Maybe things open up for him. Maybe yeah, quick, he's a player I'll take a light. But well, man, people pay overpay for him every day. Yeah, quick, quick yeah. Komet story. We knew Theo in uh, Vegas last year. Loved sure. uh, Komet. So 
we were stealing Komet left and right, everybody before Theo could get a shot at him. Because <laughs> we knew that he would get a little upset, but you know, all fair love and war, you know. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like if you if you steal him once and Theo Theo Graminger sees you in another draft, he's gotta understand, like, okay, he's if gotta, I want him, he's gotta go up. I gotta leapfrog Jay and Scott at this point. So that's on him. That's, that's, that's why we pay the big bucks to get a team, is to frustrate right. you. Yeah. Um, Jay, you've drafted several teams in Kentucky already this year. You've been drafting um, for the last, you know, two months ago is when you started, basically. Yes. Can yeah. you give our viewers and our listeners any advice on, on um, like, what's the what's the things to remember for drafting early and, and the mistakes to avoid? Oh, man. Um, so I'm giving advice to, is it like, High stakes players or giving advice. Yes, first time. First time. I would. I would frame it like this: somebody that loves fantasy football that can't wait till the summer to draft, that wants to draft right now, they've never done it before. What? What? What are the the tips that you would give them to not only have competitive teams but really successful teams? Okay. Um, well, since you're drafting early, what I would do is the first ten rounds. Look at Farrell. He's really tuning into what I'm saying right now. The first 10 rounds, I would build a pat team. And what I mean by that, a starting lineup, a solid team in the first 10 rounds. Get your quarterback early. Get your tight end a little bit early. Make sure you have a starting lineup in the first 10 rounds. Uh, then the last 10 rounds, you'd fill that in with depth. Now, that sounds you know like chalk. But uh, hit your rookies that you like, uh, depending, and you'll see where they go if you're drafting after the rookie draft or before the rookie draft. Um, hit your rookies uh, to fill in with the depth, take your shots, and then maybe some players. You know, we've talked about them, you know, Mooney, uh, you know, uh, those type receivers, Claypool, maybe fill in with some of those in the last 10 rounds um, that you know are going to perform, you know will be on the field. So that, I mean, it gives you the best chance to compete because you really are so much unknown when you're drafting so early. I mean, we've got so many trades to go, so many cuts to go, so many injuries to go. But if you get that pat team, players that you know that are stable on, on teams that you know pretty much aren't going to be traded, and DJ Moore just broke that rule, <laughs> you know, tonight. Yeah. But, but for the most part, uh, you know, and that's an example of how things can change quickly. Get that starting lineup. Yeah, don't wait on that tight end. Don't wait on that quarterback. Uh, you'll you'll be competitive somewhat because really, I mean, if you hit that tight end, that uh, that quarterback and that wide receiver, you, you you have a good chance to win it. You know, if not, at least make make the playoffs. So that would be my advice. And also, just I'll leave you with that for some first time uh, players. You know, you, you, we get into that wide receiver field. Don't don't go by the rankings so much. You know, some pe people take it as gospel. You might have a player that's ranked two or three spaces above another wide receiver two wide receivers you don't know which one to take what i always do is okay don't go to by the rankings who's the quarterback what quarterback is throwing to that wide receiver yeah. when you ask yourself that the decision's easy isn't it yeah it's easier Tupacker you said know, it best okay. bulky if you draft a team by adp you'll have an average team Carol, not, okay so Tupacker said that i said that on my show last night but i attribute it to you so you got no, the, the two packer. That. That's the original two packer. All right, so I'll I'll have to say it, I'll have to say it next week and bring up two packer. But Jay, you bring that up, and I'll tell you this: over the last two or three years, when I've been drafting early like this, and quite frankly, even when I'm drafting late, I I always use ADP to kind of understand where players are going. But if if it comes to my pick, and I'll say, okay, 
So th- this is the quarterbacks that you're, you know, running backs that usually go here, receivers, tight ends. What th- these are the players that normally go here. And if I don't like any of them, I'll go down, um, you know, sometimes like around, a sometimes a round mm-hmm. and a half. And I'll be like, what is that guy doing down here for ADP? Exactly. There's no reason he should be. I'm taking him. I'm jumping everybody else. I'm taking him right now. And I have never, ever um, that I can think of at this moment regretted a pick that I made based on liking a player around or around a half later, rather than going with some stiff at ADP that I hated. I've never regretted it. You know, a good point, Balky, because high stakes players, we speculate. Mm -hmm. Okay. We don't follow the ADP. No. First time players and players maybe in their first and second years, they tend to follow the ADP. What I love about drafting in the never too early best ball right now. And what I love about our event on Super Bowl weekend is we get to draft these rookies ahead of, where we even know they're going to play. And and sometimes you get a bonus. Sometimes you, sometimes the destination of the rookie can spell uh, very little uh, opportunities to play early in the year. You see him come on later. It's a mixed bag of what you get, but it sure is a lot of fun. So I want you, Jay Reed, to talk about some of the rookies. It doesn't matter what position, you know, we've, we've, We've got a pretty good idea of who the top five wide receivers are, at least who the NFL thinks they are. Now, we are so loaded at tight end with depth. You asked who you were talking to in the last question. I want you to think right now that you're sitting at the bar. You're not drinking a lot because you're not that kind of guy. you got a little Pepto-Bismol on the side. And you, you're sitting there, and you're trying to look at Petri and Larson, and you're talking to them about tight ends. And you want to get them off. You want to get Larson off Mo Alley Cox. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to talk to him about a rookies. And, you know, we're talking about drafting Thielen. There's so many wide receiver rookies that are coming into this draft. Uh, this, this is a tremendously talented offensive draft. You go and tell us the rookies that you drafted uh, at Super Bowl weekend. Okay. Well, I have to give this up to my teammate, Scott Connor. As you oh, know, he's a you know, I have to give him some kudos here. I mean, he is so knowledgeable with rookies. Uh, he's the number one de facto dynasty player, I think, in the country. Plays like 80, 90 dynasty leagues, uh, if not more. Uh, he is my teammate. We played in Kentucky a month ago. Uh, so he targets the, the rookies, and I learn a lot from him. So what we did as a team, uh, we targeted two rookies. We, as you know, we had nine drafts. Uh, we got four shares of Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia, and we got four shares of Devin A-Chain out of Texas A&M, mm-hmm. okay? And we like both of those backs because not only are they good runners, good slanting runners, they have excellent hands, and they catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. And that's what you want. These are the type of rookie running backs that you want to add to your teams, like I said earlier, in the, in the later rounds, rounds 10 through 18 or so. Uh, in case in, in, in event they hit or will have some kind of role at least in third down uh, possessions or situations because as the season goes you can have a lot of injuries and these guys can step up and get you 8 10 12 15 points uh, on any given week so uh, we, we took chances on more but those were uh, the most shares uh, that we had of those two backs now a chain um there's rumors or mock drafts out of there that I think uh, Denver may target him, mm-hmm. the Broncos. And, you know, you don't know for sure. But just today, they cut Chase Edmonds. 
Mm -hmm. So that makes it even more possible. I mean, they could be tar targeting uh, A-Chain, uh, but they may bring in a veteran back, maybe like Kareem Hunt uh, or someone like that as well. So, you know, those are the two rookies um, the, that, that we targeted and we were successful at least almost 50% uh, of our leagues that we, we, we obtained them. Darren Larson is still leaning into Mo Alley Cox. Don't you have a tight end for us? <laughs> Don't you have a tight end to help us out? Uh, in a rookie tight end? Yeah, yeah. Rookie, rookie tight end. Rookie tight end? It has got to be a rookie tight end. Going to be drafted this no, year. No, I like. I mean, I'd rather take some tight ends later. Over. I like Najuku. Yep. Yeah, he's not a rookie. He's been yeah, in the league. I know. All mean, right, I mean, all right. Let me let me let me pin this down right now, Jay. Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid? Who would you rather have as far as rookie tight ends this year? Mayer. Even though Kincaid tested better than him athletically at the combine, I, I guess this yeah. is more of like a this is more of a philosophical question because Mayer was not a good tester at the combine, but we kind of knew he wasn't going to be right. Mm -hmm. But you believe the film uh, with Mayer is going to shine through, right? I, I think so. But I, you know, again, guys, you know, when we draft, we're not. I, I'm not even targeting a rookie tight end. They tend not to perform in their first year. Right. Um, there's 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 so many other tight ends later that I would rather choose. And, you know, you're going to get them in a later round. And, and, and in some leagues, I think you could pick them off of waivers, you know, so, yeah. you know, there's, it's, it's just a wasted shot. Now I'm looking from the, the fantasy football aspect, not the talent, you know, the pure this, talent. This aspect. may be the year that the rookie tight ends are given the opportunity that they can hammer out for themselves in the selection process because anyone that you talked to in fantasy football last year, what did they tell you? If you don't have one of those top tight ends, you're in a hell of a rough, rough shape. Mm -hmm. And that's because there were just some non-performers at the position that couldn't mm -hmm. keep, it couldn't keep uh, uh pace with, you know, I, I like, uh, I'll tell you, I like Musgrave, the kid out of Oregon yep. State. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I like I am team Dalton Kincaid. I know he's got that he had that back fracture last year or whatever, but man, I love it. I love him in a Packers uniform, quite frankly. Mm. Um, and, but um, but I look at the RA like I'm last three years, I've been big into the RAS scores from the combine. I, I, I think we saw the um, the report that like 80% of all NFL players in 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 uh, in the league currently um had like an ras score of like great or or elite or high or something like that like it it's highly predictive right and then i looked at the ras scores for the tight ends this year guys it's unbelievable michael mayer is probably gonna be the first tight end selected in the draft he was 16th among relative athletic scores this past year mm -hmm. you had the kid out of old dominion um Kuntz, Kuntz. i think Kuntz, Kuntz Kuntz is that his name um what's his first name zach is it zach yeah I, I, okay 10.0 1,029 players previously to this, dating back to like the 80s or whatever it was, he got a 10.0, number one uh, of all time. And by the way, there was a ton of other uh, tight ends that that tested out of this world for the relative athletic score. Uh, it is an insane class this year. I, I'm Jay, I'm with you. I think that some of these guys are going to be disrespected by us in mm -hmm. drafts, and you might be able to pick them up off the waiver wire. I love Musgrave Farrell. I like Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Not a lot of people are talking about him. I think that guy is going to be really good from the get-go. We'll see. Yeah. I could be wrong. Been wrong once or twice before. No. Uh, Jay, let me ask you this. We've been talking about Scott Connor mm -hmm. quite quite a bit this episode. Is he still the guy that you partner with the most? Because I know you partner with a lot of guys now in high stakes. Is Scott still the the, the partner that you have the most uh, stake uh, in, in your fantasy leagues this year? Look, guys, I am so fortunate uh, to team with uh, two great players, only two, okay, 
two great players, but not only they're two great players, they're two great people. Hmm. I mean, I, 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 I am blessed uh, to have both of them as teammates. Uh, yes, yeah, Scott Connor, uh, this Scott Connor and I, this is our seventh year in the FFPC together this year, and it will be our third year in the KFFFC. Uh, like I said earlier, Scott brings uh, unbelievable knowledge on uh, the rookies, mm -hmm. uh, early drafting that we do, uh, his, his, his calculations, his percentages, all his stats uh, are really impressive. And that surely helps us, particularly in the later rounds in our drafts in Vegas and the KFFC. Uh, and I'm so fortunate to have uh, him with me. The other needs no introduction. Uh, it's Danny Mueller. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, I mean, one of the best players in the country. Uh, again, so fortunate uh, to team with uh, Danny again this year. We teamed for the first time last year. The knowledge and experience that he brings to the table is just overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. I mean, I've been playing a long time, and I still, I'm still learning from him. Um, Jeff, Bulky, Jay is the Miley Cyrus of fantasy football, just like everybody wants to sing with Miley. I mean, she's with David Byrne. She's doing Sinatra songs. She did a thing the other night. Well, well hold on. Miley Cyrus partnered with David Byrne on a song? <laughs> yeah, I didn't I knew, even know this. But then, no, they did the last dance. They did the Bowie song at New Year's Eve. But any, oh, everyone wants okay. to perform with Miley. And, and, okay, and, yeah. and it's the same thing with Jay. With Jay. He's the Miley Cyrus of fantasy football. Yeah, well. But uh, with Danny, yes, we will be playing in high stakes leagues, uh, big pay, big paybacks in the FFPC. We did two last year. We're going to do two again this year in a slew of uh, main event teams. Uh, but it's about I keep it 50-50 uh, split. I keep it uh, the same with both guys. Uh, last year we did uh, Scott and I did 24 leagues in the FFPC and KFFC. And Danny and I did 24 leagues in the FFPC. Uh, and we look to do the same thing again this year, uh, though we may add some because we had some extra winnings. OK, so we're going to throw that back there in there, especially in the KFFC. We're going to play some more main events, Farrell. We only That's played, I think, one league last year. Uh, so we're going to do more of those. So uh, looking forward to that. Two great guys. We're already uh, again, I've already drafted with uh, Scott and I'm in almost weekly contact uh, with Danny Mueller uh, and really looking forward to a great 2023 season with both of them. I'll tell you this. And by the way, we got to get Scott Connor on this show. Scott Connor at Charles Chill FFD, uh, FFB on Twitter from Destination Debbie Trades in Five mm -hmm. Dynasty League Football. Um, so, everybody, we all know about Scott Connor. We'll get him on the show. Danny Mueller, I have to tell you, Farrell, when you guys were out to dinner, <clears throat> or no, maybe you weren't out to dinner on Sunday night um, when we had the Sunday night draft, the, the um, uh, sunset, uh, the bourbon, the bourbon yeah, yeah. turn, sunset at the bourbon turn. Okay, so you were around for that. So I drafted from the four spot in that league. And Jay and Danny, I can't, Jay, I can't remember where you drafted. It was either one or two. But you told me um, before the draft started that, oh, because I was drafting at four, you're like, this is where all the value is going to fall, Bulky. I'm telling I you, I've seen it all weekend. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, Jay, like that, that's cute, but you don't know how all <laughs> these guys are going to draft. So I, I, listen, I respected you and like I, I took it like, okay, Jay said, I went first break i go use the restroom danny Mueller comes to me and says like oh you're getting all the value falling to you at four all weekend long it's happening, it's happening to you again i'm like god these guys are really in tune with each other and i'll tell you what it wasn't my best team if it I, I should say this if it wasn't my best team all weekend it was my second best team i bow to you i don't know how you knew it you and danny <laughs> both knew it like it was insane how good that team ended up being i think i lost in the championship game because i had a really bad week mm -hmm. but you guys are on a different level than i was because i didn't understand how you were seeing it but you saw it and it came to fruition man 
I remember that draft, Danny. And I, every time you picked, both Danny and I would look at each other and go, shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's not coming and back. You yeah, chose the exactly. draft, Bucky. You bet on your position and you chose your well, position. And the other crazy thing about that was like another KFFSC legend, Ralph Siobhan, was at three. I'm like, how did Jay and Danny know like Ralph is going to let this back? Ralph doesn't let value fall to anybody. And somehow I ended up making like, like I was like, oh my God, it, it turned out like, and Ralph had a good draft too. Like it wasn't, he had a bad draft. I just, I, I looked at my end of it. I'm like, son of a gun. These guys knew what they're talking about the whole time. It was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, in the same vein where you looked in your crystal ball before that draft, Jay, Farrell's going to ask you to look in your crystal ball for 2023. Jay, you, you know, you're a very positive guy, and I appreciate that in you. And I, I, I feel a little guilty asking such a positive guy this question, but I want to know who the player is, at least early on, that you're going to fade, a guy that you don't want to be in business. And then if you'll share with us your must-have player, it doesn't have to be a top draft pick, but just someone that you really want to have as we move into uh, the March and April drafting uh, in the FFPC, KFFSC. I think for me, and Scott and Danny doesn't know this yet, <laughs> so, so it could be a fight. But they're watching but, the show. Yeah, yeah, for me, for me, uh, I think it's Michael Pittman. Mm. I mean, last year he was going at the turn, I think second and third round. All the high stakes uh, greats were were drafting him and moving him up on the board, uh, and I didn't buy it. I, you know, I stayed away from Pittman, and now I think last month he he dropped to the fourth round. So I think we're going to fade him. And and for the same reason, I mean, if Matt Ryan is indeed the quarterback there, I mean, how much does he have left in him? Um, I, I think we did pick up one share out of nine leagues, but I think I'm, uh, uh, Pittman is definitely one I'm going to fade. Who we're targeting? Uh, two players. I mean, we love wide receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Mm -hmm. And they're continuing to move up. Um, and it was hard as hell, Tron. We got one share of Chris Olave, and we had to fight to get that. Uh, he was just going so high. Uh, and now, and that was before uh, Derek Carr uh, is going there. So uh, I think Olave is going to continue to move up. Uh, is certainly someone that we will be targeting, uh, as well as Garrett Wilson. And that's another quarterback possibility, because uh, is Rodgers going to retire? Is he going to stay with the Packers? That seems unlikely. Or is he going to go to the Jets? Uh, if he goes to the Jets, we got two shares of Garrett Wilson last month. We're hoping that uh, certainly that uh, I think that 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 offense uh, will improve as well. So those are the guys we're targeting, two wide receivers. I know they're high picks. No, they're good picks. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, now, yeah. but you have, you have not shared your distaste for the Pittman player with your two partners. Um, Scott kind of knows Danny. It might be a little bit surprised. Yeah, he'll, he'll be surprised because Pittman and, and you know, as Balky points out about seven touchdowns for the tight end uh, at, at Chicago, um, the, the, you know, Pittman quietly caught 99 balls last year. So I'm he had 141 say, targets. Yeah. Well, that's okay. He'll get yeah, them again. I mean, <laughs> yeah, 141 targets. Uh, I mean, he only know, got 99. And, and I'm thinking four that, touchdowns. I mean, yeah, yeah, but you know, Jay, 99 <laughs> catches in the fourth round, that's hard to beat. That's yeah. all I'm saying to you. Let's keep examining that one. I, I think but, there'll you know, be some dig digression there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be. He could drop to 80. It'd be a terrible situation to have a receiver catch 80 balls, but that's a whole other. 
I'll tell you a guy who there's no digression. There's no, no digression. Dropping. No digression, no, no. dropping. Jay no. Reed at Packers153 <laughs> on Twitter. High stakes fantasy football player. According now, according to your Twitter, see, I underestimated this. 22-time FFPC main event and football guys league champ plus Kentucky. Man, you're at like 30 plus league championships. Yeah, about that. Teams. You know, I, I okay. don't I, I didn't count the ones uh before I, I teamed with Scott and uh, Danny. You know, so, so but I, I'm I, counting I, them because you still want them. You still want them, Jay. So I'm like probably, that's... yeah, I'm up around 30, north, right. north of 30 a little bit if you go back all the way to 2010 uh, since I've been playing high stakes. So uh, uh, the yeah. the uh, the champion of the Draft Sharks Invitational in 2020, yeah, yeah, uh, one, yeah. of, one of the, the big payback defending champions that you can take on if you want to battle Jay Reed uh, at uh, Kentucky this year in Louisville at the KFFSC. KFFSC.com is where to register for that. You and I, we're Green Bay Packers fans. Jay, I love bringing a fellow Packers fan on uh, tonight. Cannot thank you enough for coming on short notice. God, what a what a fun hour this was, man. I always like talking shop with you. Good luck in all your leagues this year. I'm sure we're going to talk again soon, especially when drafting season really heats up coming up in May and June. I'd love to pick your brain again. Thank you so much, Yeah, Jay. my pleasure, guys. It was great to be here. I had a lot of fun. Thank you, Jay. Jay Reed, ladies and gentlemen, at Packers153 on Twitter. Jay Reed, one half of the Chasing the Helmet team. And, Farrell, we learned a lot tonight. Um, we did. May, it, it, maybe maybe you are on opposite ends uh, with Jay on Michael Pittman, but that's okay because we can work through it. We can work through that. Yeah. It, it, you know, what a fine ambassador for high-stakes fantasy football. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, everyone that um, engages with Jay at the event – Always has a good time, and we 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 will always talk about his misadventures in his first year here. But you know, as sick as he was, we were the ones that were 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 really shortchanged by the fact that he wasn't in the room. And that's yeah. what we try to do is to have the right kind of people in the room. And and he certainly is a person that loves fantasy football for all the right reasons. So we we just look forward. It's one of the reasons we look forward to being at Planet Hollywood or being at uh, Caesar Southern Indiana to, to draft live. And he'll draft a lot online as well. You know, mm-hmm. you'll compete with Jay Reed wherever you're drafting in either contest. 2021. I'll never forget it too, because Jay was going to be one of my guests when I do the live uh, no. KFSC show every year. And then I found out from him um, that, that he had to go to the hospital the night before. And, and like, I know Jay was really upset about not being able to draft obviously, um, that that weekend, and he did. He did end up. I, I believe he did draft on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, uh, at least one of those days he ended up drafting. Sunday, but yeah. uh, but but I'll tell you this: he was so upset about not being able. He felt like I was. He was leaving me in the lurch. He's like, "I'm really sorry. Yeah. I wish." I, I'm like, "Dude, don't worry about it. Just recover." Yeah. If everybody wants to hang out with you and draft and talk fantasy football with you. Don't worry about coming on the show. We have you on again, and now we've had him on multiple times since then. So it's it's yeah. good stuff. Um, I think the biggest thing I need to bring up here, KFFSC.com, we have at least three draft masters available mm-hmm. right now, including one that only has four teams, uh, four spots remaining in that, including, uh, and then the other one, the big payback play-in, that's going to be a slow draft that's going to start as soon as it's full. All these leagues, it's going to cost you less than 100 bucks to join, and the payout's really good. Yeah, get, get involved with those, and then we will be publishing uh... – our schedule for the second of our Sweet 16 championships. Oh, yeah, uh, I got to get be, on that. Uh, should be up Sunday or Monday. This one is uh, the run to daylight, and uh, that will begin 
uh, here in March and uh, move through through the Kentucky Derby. We'll probably draft once a week. Eight divisions, ninety six teams, uh, five thousand dollar grand prize. Two hundred. Uh, KFFSC.com is where you can uh, pay attention to all the updates at KFFSC official on Twitter. Farrell, thank you so much. Remember, no show next Friday because I have some duties with one of my other jobs for the madness of March going on. So you and I will will chop it up with uh, with uh, 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 Todd Miller, scoundrel. No on, way. And on Wednesday night, we're gonna we're gonna talk to him about the hard way draft. We're gonna talk about the never too early stuff with him Wednesday at ten nine central. My friend, I will talk to you then. This Wednesday, book. This Wednesday. You got it. Thanks, Farrell. Enjoy your weekend. KFFSC.com is where to register for those draft masters. And then be paying attention coming up this weekend, either Sunday or Monday, you will have the opportunity to join the Run to Daylight Championship, uh, something that I won a couple of years ago. really want to get the title back. I think Kevin Williamson is the defending champ of that, um, who is another tremendous player who you've seen on this show before as well. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to wrap up our show tonight. Apologies, but we could not get to the emails. I promise you we'll get to all the emails again on Wednesday including stuff about Devontae Adams, Brees Hall, Kyle Pitts, and Lamar Jackson. Shout out to Jay Reed, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you. As I just alluded to with Farrell, no show next Friday, so we will have a show on Wednesday. This Wednesday, 10-9 Central, 12-time FFPC league winner and hardway drafter, you know him as Scoundrel, uh, in the draft rooms. It is Todd Miller. He's going to join us to talk about that hardway draft. Uh, his thoughts on what, what's been going on in the Never Too Early tournament, how to get a leg up there. That is this Wednesday at 10, 9 Central. In case you missed it, the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown was live at 10, 9 Central on Tuesday night with 2022 FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament, $25,000 champion John Terry. He's back to try to repeat this year. We had him on, talked a lot of draft philosophy on how to draft uh really good teams early and then his thoughts on some players rotaviz.com slash podcast or youtube.com slash ffpc fantasy in case you want to rewatch that the high stakes fantasy football show on the better sports network will go live on thursday night at 7 6 central not only on the better sports network app which is free in the google play and the app store but we'll go live on the ffpc youtube twitter and facebook page like we did with Shane Hallam this past Thursday. We will do it again this Thursday. If you love Dynasty, you're going to love this show. Jordan McNamara, you hear him on the Football Guys Dynasty show with Chad Parsons. He is going to be my guest co-host for two full hours on Thursday night at 7, 6 Central. Win $25,000 in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. Win $5,000 in the Never Too Early Superflex Best Ball Tournament at myffpc.com right now. That's where you want to go, myffpc.com. Use the knowledge that you learned from Farrell Elliott and from Jay Reed this evening to uh, assimilate that into some really good never-too-early teams right now, myffpc.com. We didn't get into a ton of Dynasty stuff tonight, but I know that we did with Shane Hallam. And if you're you're itching, you're, you're scratching that itch with Dynasty, do it at myffpc.com, picking up some of these Dynasty orphans we got. Yes, they're reduced prices. No, they are not bad teams. There are plenty of really good teams there that can be had for championships this year, myffpc.com is where to go for that. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on this video, share the video, and get notified anytime we are going live, which we will again next Wednesday on this channel and next Thursday on this channel for more high-stakes fantasy football. It's your home for high-stakes fantasy football on the HSFF Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. Your weekend officially starts now.
this has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. All right, so one other thing, shameless plug here before I let you go. Um, one of my other jobs, I have a terrestrial radio afternoon show here in Northeast Wisconsin. The um, local minor league baseball team here in Northeast Wisconsin is the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. They are the high A affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, we are a, my radio station that I work for, good partners with the Timber Rattlers. And um, they have something called a food fight every single year. A food fight is they invite people to send in their recipes for something they want on the concession stand um, menu uh, this coming year. My recipe that I submitted is one of the five finalists, which would be tremendous if I got an actual sandwich on the menu at a minor league baseball team. It would be awesome. It is a fried chicken sandwich topped with Wisconsin cheddar cheese and Wisconsin Door County bacon and cherry sweet and savory jam on a grilled sourdough bread. It's, it's a fantastic thing. Like the, the, the feedback we got from it has been tremendous. It's a very delicious sandwich. I would really appreciate if you could go to the website for the Timber Rattlers and vote for D, selection D on the food fight. It's real simple. I, I'm be honest with you, I've had I've told a lot of people to do this. It takes less than 15 seconds. Timberrattlers.com. Timberrattlers.com. Look over to the right side of your screen. It's going to say food fight down to five finalists. Click on that link. And in the first paragraph, there's going to be a bolded hyperlink that says at this link. That's where you vote. Just click on that and click D for the show sandwich. That's the name of it the show sandwich we would love it if you voted for us it would mean a lot to me um i get to throw out the first pitch at a game the thing gets on the menu for the entire season and uh, i get free tickets to the game i get to enjoy the sandwich at the stadium and i'll tell you what i know this is a national podcast but if anybody's ever in northeast wisconsin i'll happily take you to the game treat you to one of these sandwiches if you can help get us the win timberrattlers.com and then vote for d the show sandwich. I would certainly appreciate it. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. We will be back with you not a week from today. We'll be back with you on Wednesday with scoundrel Todd Miller here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Thanks so much. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.